Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome to the In Awe Podcast and a fresh series on generosity. As the Dalai Lama said, generosity is the most natural outward expression of an inner attitude of compassion and loving kindness. If you are joining us for the first time, you are in for such a treat in this episode and really for the entire series where we hear from women who live with compassion at their core and inspire us all to consider the power of loving kindness. I bring today's guest to you with much anticipation knowing the mission and her message will be incredibly inspiring to this community. Bryn Byer is a self-proclaimed traditional oldest sibling, nature lover, and adventure seeker. Bryn graduated from the Kern Ministry Program at Indiana Wesleyan University with a bachelor's in Christian ministry and a master's in practical theology. She is now the outreach coordinator at Red Cedar Church in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, where she leads six different ministries under the outreach umbrella. In this episode, we get to hear about Bryn's leadership in carrying out a core value of irrational generosity through her position at Red Cedar Church. She shares about the inspiring ministries that exemplify generosity, and we hear about her own journey into ministry. Bryn's message inspires us to think about how we too can step into our calling, becoming more than we could believe, and she inspires us to live out love in the most gentle ways. I am deeply honored to amplify for you Bryn Byer's generosity story. Welcome, Ms. Bryn Byer, to the In Awe podcast. I am so grateful to have you featured on my podcast, and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Sarah. Bryn, I know that my listeners are just going to be so charged up with the message that you're be able to share with them today. So could you just start out by giving us a little bit about your current context and what you're up to in this lovely world of ours? Absolutely. So right now I am the outreach coordinator at Red Cedar Church. So basically what that means is we have six different outreach ministries. Um, There are a couple of our core programs work with uh, jail ministry that we have. And then locally we're partnered with the county for the foster care system. Uh, We do help with emergency relief uh, when different things come forward in our area. And there's care and compassion ministries, including a compassion closet, and just all these wonderful things that I get to help oversee and be a part of and lead volunteers. So I have, I've been here in Wisconsin for a year and a half, so I'm still getting used to the area and everything, but um, yeah, I love this community, love the opportunity to do what I do literally in my dream job for what I could have thought that I would be doing right now. Oh, listeners, you are just going to love Bryn. Uh, so we're connected because of the fact that I attend the church that that Bryn serves in. So I'm just so blessed to be able to see her leadership in a variety of spaces. And I'm excited to hear more about your backstory because we just haven't had the opportunity to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I asked Bryn, I've been kind of stalking her a little bit to get her on the podcast <laughs> and specifically in this month, because one of the things that I love about the church that Um, we are a part of is this idea of core values. So we're in the series on gratitude. Would you share just what that core value is? And I I just see you as being such a huge part of that and the role that you serve in our church. Oh, thank you. Uh, The five values that we have here at Red Cedar are one of the things that drew me to this church initially. Um, Those are unconditional love, irrational generosity, 
obedient risk, unwavering mission, and contagious passion. So obviously the one that that really ties into with what we're talking about today is irrational generosity. And I... I've experienced irrational generosity in my life from people just stepping forward in ways that I'm like, wow, I can't even imagine why you would do that. But one of the reasons that I think like Red Cedar has chosen to lean into that is because those five core values represent who Jesus is. And that's how we want to encourage people to live. That's how we want to live is just giving away irrationally whether that's in our time, whether that's in our finances, in serving the local community, however that looks. And I love the wording on that value. It's something that when they got laid out for us as a congregation, I was just, my heart was pounding. And thinking about this idea of irrational generosity, it's the things that we do that don't make sense to the world, right? That just doesn't make any sense that Bryn, uh, during a busy workday, would leave worship uh, workshop to go help move an elderly couple. Like that's, I've seen you do that. (laughs) (laughs) I knew, you know, I, I didn't know you didn't think I was going to share that example, but I just, (laughs) it's these little things that people notice. And I notice that. And, um, so, you know, it's not just the, the position that you hold at church is so important because it's a leadership position that leads the rest of us to that, but you do it. I see that in your daily actions too. So I want to make sure that I got the chance to, to prop that up because it really is inspirational. Thanks. So Miss Bryn, if, can you, can we just go back a little bit and then I want to talk more about that generosity theme, but I just want to get to know you a little bit and you're currently in Rice Lake, but would you share a little bit about your journey of what got you here to this space to be such an irrationally generous, wonderful person? Wow. Okay. Yes. So Wisconsin is actually the sixth state that I've lived in. Um, I grew up a pastor's kid, and so we moved around a lot. But one of the things that I had the opportunity to do, and I know I know what part of your podcast, Sarah, is empowering women. And I never thought growing up that I could be a pastor. I had never even considered that. And so really what started my journey to Rice Lake was Five years ago, five and a half years ago, when my dad and I were sitting on the couch and I said, dad, I just wish I could do what you do. And he said, honey, you can. Hmm. And from there, I decided to go to Indiana Wesleyan University and to major in Christian ministries. My professors encouraged me to be a part of a program that would also graduate me with a master's in practical theology. And as a part of that program, that master's degree, uh, we needed to have a one-year residency where we were actively involved in ministry at a church. And another professor pointed me to Red Cedar Church as one of the churches where I would apply and consider coming. So from that moment through school and then having a professor recommend that I come here. I came here to do an internship, long-term residency, and then got hired onto staff before I was even done with that. So it's a crazy, crazy only God story, really. It is. And I, I love so much that you're here on the podcast. And I literally had no clue about that, that you had this nasty little imposter in your head saying you couldn't do what, and then your dad is able to pour that belief into you is fascinating to me. It's a common theme that comes up here on this podcast, this idea that we can't do something. And I would wonder, I'll peel that apart in another time from you <laughs> about what maybe was driving that. Uh, but what a beautiful 
path that led you to here? And so, you know, like a follow-up question that I have on that is, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, because you weren't sure if you could do it, but you took the position you're doing it. So what do you think is behind that, like, backbone to say yes and rock into it? Is there something that empowered you in the (laughs) in-between? Yeah, actually. So my residency um, supervisor, his name was Nick, and he is now our executive pastor at Red Cedar Church. And he gave me a heads up about a month before they offered me the position because he knew that I was kind of unsure of how long I would be here after my residency or what the next five years looked like for me. And he said, Bryn, I want you to know that I believe in you and I believe that we have a position that's going to be opening up here that I would like you to consider and walk into. So I just want to give you a heads up that there could be something coming your way for a permanent offer to stay here within the next month. That's awesome. And yeah. yeah. And so that just, you're like, okay, I'm going to rock it. I mean, was there any question in your mind or were, you know, Oh, so many questions. Because what you're doing is big. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. And then a month later, true true to his word, or actually I think it was less than a month, I sat down with the lead pastor and with Nick, who was newly our executive pastor, and they offered me the position of outreach coordinator. And one of the things was even just like, I said yes, because I was like, okay, like they believe in me. They think I can do this. Like, I'm, I'm willing to give this all I've got. Like, this is my dream job for this time. But as I started to take over leadership of these different volunteer teams, one team in particular is our, our geo ministry restart team. They are seasoned, strong, incredible leaders. And I was like, how am I, how am I supposed to lead them? Like, what do I have to contribute to the years of ministry that they've been doing to one of the, one of the members of that team is actually the chief of police <laughs> in one of our local area towns. And so I was like, what do I have to say to these people about jail ministry and about our impact in the jail? But that has actually become one of my favorite core teams, one of the most fun groups to meet with, because they're just these dynamic leaders who have really like, oh, like I can't tell you, I didn't do anything to earn their respect and their trust, but they, they've entrusted me with that ministry. And it has been powerful how we as a team have been able to walk into that and grow that over the past six months. Well, and I, I love so much that you're sharing this kind of vulnerable um, journey of leadership. And so much of when you get into that position, you feel like you have to know everything and it feels so lofty, right? Because suddenly we're yeah. given this title and, and and there's that really icky time period. We're like, oh my gosh, I have to be the knower. I have to know it all, right? But I think that's the beautiful part of the season that you're in is realizing that, you know, there are people around us and and I've learned that myself and I know the listeners are going, yes, <laughs> that you, you don't have to be the knower, you, you know, the being the grower of people and taking in the advice and the wisdom of those around us is just, it, your example is so beautiful in that. And to watch you lead and, and from the distance that I have, just see that growth and not even growth as a leader, but maybe just this confidence that we all come into when we have the title that suddenly starts to fit us a little bit better because we all have to grow into our titles when we're answering the call. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So that's so cool. And you know, I would love if you could just share a little bit because I'm sure the listeners are going jail ministry. That's interesting. So what, um, tying to that irrational generosity, is there a way you could tie that through with that theme of the month in terms of the ministry and the generosity? Is there something that kind of you'd feel pulled to share about what that experience is like for both the people who minister and those who are receiving the word? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much generosity on several levels with this ministry on our side and on the side of the jail and the participants, the program director at the Barron County Jail and the sheriff, the Barron County Sheriff Fitzgerald have been so generous to our church and to this ministry to allow us to go in there. Um, They have started, they ask us, asked us to come in twice a week so that we can finish our program with more people getting through classes faster. And the team of people that I get to work with, this core team is so generous with their time. In what the Restart Jail Ministry core team is, is they're just seven leaders who are meeting once a month, investing in how can we grow this ministry? What's going well? What are things that we can improve upon? Um, How can we make this a transformational experience for the participants? And especially this last group of participants that we had, we graduated five men from our most recent class. And they, you know, like, I think sometimes we get intimidated by going into spaces that are unfamiliar to us. Mm. But as like teachers go into the jail, as I go along with them to these different teaching opportunities, these times to engage with the participants, because actually one thing, I'm just going to side note really quick. You'll notice that I'm I'm using the word participants a lot. And that's because we want to instill so much dignity in every person who participates in our jail ministry. So we don't refer to people uh, participating in our restart program as inmates or felons or anything like that. Like we, we refer to them as participants and the teachers really own that. And so do the coaches that we get to pair them up with. Um, but back, back to the generosity, those participants are so generous with their stories Mm. we wouldn't be able to have the impact that we have in the Barron County Jail if participants didn't come into that class and entrust us with their heart and with pieces of their story and with how they're processing through um, their time in, in jail or processing through who they believe God to be or even if they believe in God. They're so generous in allowing us to really get to know them during that time and to see them. And so the generosity on their side, as well as from the jail and allowing us to be there and these people, these volunteers I get to work with who just give and give of their time to invest in this life transformation. 
I just love your heart, Bryn. And I, as I listen, I was feeling just such warmth and joy and emotion because I'm considering what a gift it is to just hear you speak in that, that way. Like this is, this is complicated. This is complex, right? It's a program that is, um, has a lot of layers to it. And as you say, both sides are generous in having the program exist. And then you have so much generosity happening with time and talents and heart on both sides of it. And that dignity piece is just so inspiring. I am as somebody who's known about the restart program, but nothing deeply about it. I thank you for that. And I'm grateful for the team and for everybody that's creating that space for that transformation to occur. So, you know, in this idea of irrational generosity, I'm sure that you've just seen so much. And as you said, it's generosity with time and finances and gifts and talents and all of that. Is there another example? Because I'm sure you have so many, we could talk forever about it. Any other that you'd like to highlight from from that? Uh, Like from a different ministry? Sure. Yeah. There's so much, but one that really comes to the forefront of my mind right now is that on December 6th, we're going to be hosting here at the church, Foster Family Christmas. And that's a night where we invite through the coordinators in Barron County, Washburn County, and Burnett County, we invite all the foster families in those counties to come and to have some like game time up front. But then the kids come back into our kids' environment for pizza and party and fun and crafts designed just for them. And the adults get to go over into the worship center and sit down and have a catered meal and just enjoy some kid-free time and being served. And then each family leaves with a family gift. And then one of my favorite parts, one of the highlights of the night really, is that each individual child leaves with a Christmas present. And so that's such a fun event to be a part of. And my heart is really to be back with the kids. So even though I'm helping run this whole event, I love the moments where I get to just slip into the kids' environment and come and see how the kids are just enjoying their time together. And we host a couple different foster family events. And so as like these kids come back, because they've been here a couple of times. Some of them are kids who are just in a family that does foster care. Others are foster kids uh, who've been in the system for a while. But as they come back, they get to know the volunteers here and they get to know each other better. And so you just see this camaraderie and it's, uh, it's so fun to, so just a really sweet opportunity to love on them, to love on the parents and to say, Thank you so much because they're being irrationally generous. If anyone is being irrationally generous, it's the foster parents saying, yeah, this kid doesn't have a place to be. I want to provide a safe space for them. Like even in the midst of the chaos and the uncertainty that's going on in their life right now. So it's a really cool opportunity for us to show some generosity to them and to honor their generosity every day. It really is. And it's exceptional. I know my listeners are going, oh, that's amazing. And I, um, that was actually, I'm pretty sure, Bren, the very first event that I volunteered at was a foster night several years ago. And my heart was just 
compounding with the whole environment. And to tie that through when I was a principal locally, and I don't, um, for listeners, I am at least 30 minutes away from the church family that I attend. And I had a student who just referenced it and I was in a busy season and I was not volunteering as much and um, just said, you know, I got invited to this thing. I don't know if I should go. And I was like, yes, go. Mm -hmm. And then the the, the tie back (laughs) on that, I've never poured this back in. uh, And now I can is just to say that there was such a huge impact from that night from that individual. And I was working as the principal at the time, but I just remember being so grateful for that service for the families in the area and even to extend further that, you know, further away that they could be a part of that too. It was just, it matters. It really matters a great deal, especially those of us in education who see uh, families and students in a different angle during this time of year is super challenging. And we see kind of the challenges that come out of that. And so to actually be doing something to pour in and just bring a little bit of light is incredibly exceptional. So thank you for doing that on every level. It's so good. Thank you. It's it's good to hear stories of where where it stuck or where it made a difference in individual lives. Oh, yes. <laughs> I bet you thrive <laughs> on that too. Just like anything, you know, you're pouring yourself out in service and you never know, you know, we don't always know where it lands and sometimes we get that back, but we just know that we just keep pouring, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to also hear... Um, a little bit about, because my listeners, a lot of them are in education. And we always talk about like, you know, meeting the needs and how we can't always do it just in the public education system. So two pieces that I'd love to be able to get to is uh, what you were working with, with the compassion closet. And I want the listeners to hear mm-hmm. what we, what you did uh, to help with kind of back to school shopping for families. Yes, that was the other one that was in my head. So year round <laughs> in the lower level of the Benjamin house in on Hart Island in Rice Lake, Red Cedar has a compassion closet. And so that's actually open all the time. And what they're doing is families can go there and shop for free. So each year in partnership with National Night Out, we do a back to school bash where we pack backpacks with most of the school supplies that kids are going to need in the area. And we go to National Ed Out and we hand those out. But inside each of those backpacks, which is one of the things you're talking about, Sarah, is there is a contact card for them to get a hold of the Compassion Closet to set up an appointment to go and do all of their back-to-school shopping for free. So they've got their backpack. They've got this a lot of the supplies that they're going to need. But that provides the opportunity for them to go down into the closet and to find some new clothes. We have clothes down there for every season. So there's a coat room where they can grab a winter coat, even though we're doing this in August. It's just like kind of helping them get as prepared as they can for the year ahead. And uh, I got to actually go and be a part of one of those uh, mornings at the Compassion Closet and host three appointments. So volunteers actually shop with families one-on-one in the closet. So help them get everything they need, find things. And there were these two teenage boys that were there uh, with one of the last families that we were helping that week. And they were just the sweetest. And by the end of our time, they were actually helping my volunteer director of the Compassion Closet. They were helping her move boxes (laughs) and things around. And as we helped them carry their bags out to the car and got them all set and settled in, they turned around and one of the, the older boy, he said, thanks times a thousand 
And it was just one of those moments where it was like, oh my goodness, like you don't even realize like the impact you're having sometimes. But I work with youth a lot and I know teenage boys. <laughs> and That's a big deal as I'm sitting yeah. here over here, like trying not to show that I'm crying. <laughs> because it's oh. a big deal. <laughs> there was silence on this end because I'm going, oh my goodness. Yeah, he, it was just like, wow. Like one of those things where... Yeah, it was a marking moment for sure. So, you know, one of the things that I want to kind of get to is that it's so good that we are sharing the generosity and it can't be possible without many hands. You know, you've, as you've been speaking, you've been talking about the volunteers and you've been talking about, you know, the many people that are part of this, the organizations that are partnering. It's just, it has to happen through uh, many hands together. And I love that. Yeah. But I also know that as a leader, and since we're on the in podcast, and this is really supposed to be about <laughs> you, one of the things that I see, Brandon, again, I'm way on the outside, is just um, how much you're doing and um, that I want to acknowledge that this level, you pour out your generosity and it is so valuable, but it it doesn't come without, you know, a cost because you're leading in so many different spaces and working in a church um, without getting too personal. I'm sure it's not like financially um, <laughs> the, the highest level. So I just, you know, is there a, a way that you fill yourself back up, you know, because if the world were to say you're doing all this and, and then your, your checkbook is never a problem and you're doing all this and, you know, you're constantly getting effusive praise for every little act of generosity that you do in your day to make all this happen. How do you fill your well back up to make sure that you can keep giving so that those moments happen for the people that you're serving? Yeah, actually. So there are a couple things that stand out to me. One is I make sure I have family time. My family lives back in Michigan, but I, whether it's FaceTime or phone calls, try to stay connected with them because that relationship there just really fills me up. But one of the things that might seem a little counter counterintuitive is that I get filled up by volunteering in other people's ministries too. I'm leading a lot of different ministry areas as the outreach coordinator. But when I can just go and be a volunteer and serve with creative arts or with kids ministry or with RC students, our youth ministry, it's a really fun opportunity for me to not have any pressure to lead, mm -hmm. but just to be able to step in and serve and engage and love on kids and teens and just minister to people in a different way, if that makes sense. It makes dollars. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> Sorry, that's my dad's humor coming through. I inherited it. You're good. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> well, it's because it's Sarah original, so I haven't copyrighted oh, it, so you can use okay. it. <laughs> but here's the thing: like that's so it's so beautiful because it just shows the spirit that you do have, you know, for that that um, generosity, the fact that you get filled up by you know giving more. And I can totally relate to what you're saying, and I know that listeners can as well. Many of my listeners are in leadership, and they understand how taxing it can be to lead so that how when you're able to just be there, like if those listeners that are in in building leadership roles that you're just joyful that you can pop in and sub in a classroom or something like that, there's a level of reprieve when you don't have to be the one in charge of all the things. Yeah. 
And so I appreciate that. You know, you mentioned your, your dad already. Is there anything? Cause I hope that your family listens to this to hear about how amazing <laughs> you are. I heard that your mom has a pretty cool uh, gig going on. What is she up to? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My mom is actually the morning co-host for Moody Radio Grand Rapids. So she's the Zealand, uh, <laughs> Zealand Grand Rapids station morning show person for Moody Radio, which is it's pretty recent for her. But oh my goodness, is it something that she is just she made for? That's awesome. So now you can show her, hey, Ma, you can interview me. I am a radio personality myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Mom. Like, <laughs> Actually, she's always asking us to, my siblings and I, to come and be on the show with her. Aww. So that's actually one of the ways I started the new year last year is my sister and I went and joined her and her co-host, Perry, uh, Perry and Shauna Mornings. <laughs> and we went and they interviewed the two of us. So that's that's fun that it's it's an early morning for sure oh my goodness <laughs> yes <laughs> they're an hour ahead of us so it feels like 5 a.m our time to get up and go to the show but it's it's definitely a fun dynamic and opportunity to have that's so cool <laughs> yeah I I just I appreciate so much that I think what you do for me Bryn is remind me that uh, we have so many layers to ourselves you know and that our relationships or our identities are so special but just to never forget that you know there's always a story behind every person and leaders have stories and even though you're pouring out constantly it's it's good that you get poured back into in your role that you're in and I just, I love hearing about you and I can't wait to continue that. I get to, my listeners could too, if you choose to share how to get in touch with you. But yeah, I have two standard questions that I always ask on this podcast. I'd love to hear your responses. Are you ready for those? Oh, yes. Okay. So one is, if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Yeah. So I would definitely write a letter to my 18-year-old self as I was heading off to college I would just tell that girl to take advantage of the resources around her, all the knowledge and the wisdom, uh, and not just let it slide by. But also just remind her that she doesn't need perfect grades. Like she's a good student. She's got this. She can just be free and invest more freely in the people around her. So you were an achiever, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, were or am, but yes. <laughs> I don't know that it was the most healthy time of my life was striving for success in college. But I think that I learned a lot from it. And as actually my college career went on, I loosened up a little bit. And professors really affirmed that in me. That's so good. Probably a lot of us can relate to that, that, you know, and in fact, I've had several guests that have talked about that overcoming this idea that you have to be perfect and that these outward measurements matter, you know, in the scheme of things. Yeah. And so uh, just gifting that, I'm sure somebody needed to hear that right in the moment, which is good. And so getting to that with somebody needs to hear something, if my listeners are hearing you as this influential woman speaking life and light about your current life, what if they find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear Bryn's voice to kind of help them up out of that right now? What could you say? I would say the biggest thing is just you have a unique purpose that is just for you. 
You have something so special, whether it's in your gifting, uh, your personality, your talents, there's something that you bring to the world and there's something that you're called to. And whether you know exactly what that is and you're in a time where you're just not able to realize it or whether you're still discovering it, hold on to that tightly. Hold on to that and don't get discouraged even in the midst of the waiting. Last year, um, actually when my sister and I were on the morning show with my mom, someone called in and, and asked like, hey, I'm feeling really lonely right now. And I don't know like what's next for me. What should I do? And I was just coming out of a season of having moved to a completely new city and just learning this culture that is Wisconsin, Northwest Wisconsin. <laughs> so I just so deeply resonated with that. And even in the midst of transition, even in the midst of not knowing what's next or of being discouraged or fearful or doubting what you've been called to, like it's, that's the most important time to dig into why you got started or why you made that decision or move in the first place. And like for me, uh, as someone who I believe that like Jesus is in the business of transforming lives and my greatest desire, my heart's desire is that I would obedient, be obedient to the things that God's asking me to do. So in those moments of doubt, I look back to, okay, where's my prayer journal? Where was I writing down passionately about God calling me to this moment, about God calling me to this place? And like sitting on that truth, even in the midst of all the lies and the chaos around you. That's so good, Bryn. Thank you. And I think it's such a perfect example of your father saying that you you can, in fact, <laughs> you can, in fact, be a pastor and speak words and life into people because you did uh, just now for me. And I know that my listeners are really going to be impacted by your story and your message there. So I appreciate you sharing that and speaking those words, um, both wisdom and boldness that came through in there and such a gentle spirit that you have. I just really appreciate you speaking that out and, and making sure that that message landed where it needed to, because I know that it did. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah. Okay. So before we end, I think that you're such a uh, intelligent, well-read person. So I think <laughs> you're going to have a great resource to recommend for our listeners. Do you have a book that you'd like to recommend that they check out? Yeah. If People didn't know at the beginning, I guess I'm, I'm 23. So I'm just still figuring out this whole thing called life. And one of the books that I'm just wrapping up is called The Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. And what that's really digging into is a godly Christian perspective of dating, marriage, courtship, uh, like all married life things <laughs> and from the perspective of Song of Songs, which is one of the books of the Bible. So that book has just been transformational in my perspective of what it will mean for me someday to date and get married and be a wife. And so I just think that was transformational on what I think of how God created us for relationship. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. And I also think it's awesome that you shared at the end your age, because I know that my listeners are like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because there is such a a wisdom to you. And I'm just so... honestly, just grateful that I get to be even the tiniest little part on this journey on this stop where Red Cedar has been a part of your life and that you're a part of ours and that I just get to now amplify your incredible story for my listeners just to be a segment of your journey. Bryn, you are a wonderful person in this world and a light. And I'm just so, so grateful that you would take the time to have this inspiring interview and to inspire us all with your message about generosity. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.